Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the very first day of January of the very first day of the new year 2016. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, and we are on page 19. We will begin our reading with the first paragraph on page 19. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Mary H. Somebody is unmuted. Please mute your phone. The Twelve Traditions, Devorah S. Our contacts readers will be Lisa H., Terry H., Kathleen W. The reference number, the share ID number for yesterday, Thursday, the 31st day of December 2015, is 8309. 8309. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Mary H. to please read the 12 steps for us, please. Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. This is Mary H. in Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for letting me be part of Team Friday. Thank you, Mary H. And Devora S., could you read the 12 traditions for us, please? Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Devora S. from New Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. One, our welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon our way unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one, there is one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than a promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to play principles for personalities. Thank you, Devara S. And please, a gentle reminder here again, please, everyone, please mute your phones. We are having some technical issues here today, and for us to have a quiet line, I need everybody to please mute their phones unless you're speaking. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 19 and we are beginning with the first full paragraph. And I am, will ask Lisa H., please will you begin reading for us this morning. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Lisa H., um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. 
We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. Um, Again, this is Lisa H. um, Recovered in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, the the line that I have um, underlined and stands out to me is, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Um, and of course, I love looking up, you know, looking up the definition of words and elimination was one of those things um, that I was drawn to. And elimination is the act or process of removing something. Um, and so for me, um, starting out in, in OA, I had no idea It was news to me that I could have an allergy of the body. I knew that I had an obsession of the mind. The allergy of the body was something new for me. So starting out in the very beginning, I had to identify and eliminate um, my binge foods, my alcoholic foods. Um, And with this elimination, with this act of removing these binge foods, um, my, my mind became open like it had never been before. It became open to new ideas and new ways of acting. Um, I, I remember I was so miserable in the food that putting it down, um, I, I welcomed and sought whatever change would follow. Um, and, and so much um, change occurred once I started working the steps. Um, but But in order to maintain that abstinence, because I know this is what people struggle with the most, um, I had to become immersed in this program. I remember my sponsor saying, take it with you wherever you go, just immerse yourself in this program. And I mean, I listened to recorded meetings, and I listened to live meetings, and I went to -to face-to-face meetings, and I just immersed myself in this program. Um, learning about abstinence and the 12 steps and sponsorship and service. And so now, 10 months later, um, I, I feel like a different person, not, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and, and probably most significantly spiritually, um, because God is with me wherever I go. And anything I face in my life, God's going to be with me and this fellowship Um, thank God for the fellowship is going to be with me too. Anyway, thank you for letting me a bit of service and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. And who would like to comment on this first paragraph on page 19? Tina S. Mary Kate. Tina. Wait a minute, Larry. I heard somebody before Larry. Nessa Tina. I got Nessa. I got Tina. Somebody. Larry. Mary Kay. That's who it was. Mary Kay. Anybody else? Fasa O. Fasa. Somebody else just spoke up. I didn't hear you. Janice M. Janice. Okay. Yes. Kim G. Okay, let's go with that. Kim G. Okay, let's go with this. We've got Nessa. I think it was Nessa R. Tina S. Larry K. Mary Kay. Fasa O. Janice M. And Kim G. So, Nessa, you're up, and then it'll be Tina. Hi. Good morning. This is Nessa R. Recovered in... Um, Toronto, Canada, 
And I still wanted to comment on this line, the elimination of our drink is but a beginning. And to me, this line has a dual meaning. The first meaning is that it is the very beginning. Uh, nothing can happen unless and until I put down the food. I can work the steps till I'm blue in the face. I can become a Rhodes Scholar uh, on the big box, but if the food isn't down, um, not only I'm not going to recover, but I'm not even going to be able to become abstinent um, or stay abstinent. And the second meaning is that this is the beginning. It cannot be the goal. My goal in this program is not abstinence. If abstinence is my goal, I can achieve that with a good food plan. I may even be able to achieve it with a fellowship or by working the tools, you know, the nine tools of OA. But I'm not going to stay abstinent for long. I can be abstinent for some time, but I'm not going to be abstinent for long. So that cannot be my, my goal. My goal has to be recovery. Um, my goal has to be um, close relationship with God, uh, being of service to God, being of service to others, which only comes through working the steps uh, after I put down the food. Um, and it's in that order. It cannot work any other way. And, and this sentence to me says it very clearly. The elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Uh, and it cannot be any other way. That's been my experience. And, you know, I am grateful because, um, you know, this uh, Saturday, tomorrow, is going to be um, 13 years since I came into the room. Um, and I'm only recovered for four years. So, um, the previous nine years, I, I spent, you know, um, pursuing abstinence. Um, and I went to lots of meetings. I worked the tools. I did what I was told to do. Um, but, you know, I wasn't able to keep the food down for long. And that's, that's what made the difference. You know, about four years ago, I finally put the food down honestly, rigorously, and diligently. I was taken to the steps. I continue working the steps every day of my life. I am focused on how I can be of service. I'm focused on what is needed of me instead of what I need. And that has made all the difference. The elimination um, of our drinking is but our beginning. It starts there, but it doesn't end there. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Tina S., you're up, and then it'll be Larry K. Thanks, Monica. Tina S., Compulsive Eater, Anorexic, Florida. Uh, some great stuff. You know, none of us makes a sole vocation. You know, this isn't our only occupation. And, you know, I know when I got absent and uh, I thought, oh, God, I just want to do this thing uh, 24-7, you know. You know, being the undisciplined uh, compulsive eater, you know, I didn't want to go to work. You know, I wanted to just do this thing because this made me feel good. And, you know, I love what it talks about. It says, a much more important demonstration, you know, to show the principles of these 12 steps lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. You know, I'm, I'm all great about carrying this message in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous or on this meeting, but, you know, the, the deal is carrying it in my home, in my occupation, in all of my affairs. You know, I just want to do this as it had, was concerned with my food addiction and, and my weight, you know, but when I have to change who I am to be the person God would have me be, you know, this is the way to go. And I love what it says, you know, I have to give this thing away in order to keep it because, 
you know, I'm pretty much a selfish, self-centered person to the extreme. And, you know, gradually, slowly, one day at a time with some progress, you know, I'm able to do this thing and um, with God's help and, and the fellowship and, and meetings like this. And just so grateful, you know, in first day in 2016 to be abstinent and to be able to live this way of life uh, beyond my wildest dreams. So anyway, thank you all for sharing this with me and I pass. Thank you, Tina S. Larry K. you're up and then it'll be Mary Kay. Larry Kay, star one to unmute. Larry Kay? All right, Mary Kay. And then we'll go back to Larry. Mary Kay, are you there? Good morning. This is Mary Kay. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, from western New York, upstate New York, depending on what Facebook thing you're reading these days. The um, <clears throat> Happy New Year to everyone. <clears throat> Get the frog out of my throat. Um, the, par- the line in this paragraph that, that I've spoken to this morning um, is that the whole elimination, the beginning, and it's more than the beginning. Um, the It's the new year, too, but it's not just a food program. This is a whole way of life. This goes into our homes, our occupations, and our affairs. And just uh, minutes ago, um, this morning, I was thinking about the drive to where I'm visiting in New Jersey, and my goddaughter asked me, I was taking her to see her boyfriend, and she asked me if I was making any resolutions. And I said, no, because I, I don't bother, because I usually break them anyway. But this morning, during my morning scriptures and devotions and prayers, God inspired me to look at my step six character defects and pair them with the opposites that we're taught to do uh, through the program with our with our fellows, and that and that He will replace for me when I ask Him uh, willingly and spirit and and that I'll become spiritually fit. So the resolutions become His work in my life and. And I just wanted to share this, what he gave me this morning. They include self-centered to other-centered in giving, willful to submissive, controlling to cooperating, manipulating or manipulative to acceptance, egocentric to other-centered, perfectionism to acceptance and humbleness, resentful to forgiving, boastful to humble, arrogant to meek, power-hungry to service-oriented, unkind to kind, unforgiving to forgiving, deceitful to truthful, impatient to patient, materialistic to generous, fearful to trusting, one day at a time. Thank you, God, and I pass. Thank you, Mary Kay. Larry Kay, are you available? I am. Monica, can you hear me now? I sure can. Okay, thanks so much. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Uh, we feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. You know, in our fellowship, you know, we, we don't care what, what gender you are. You know, we don't, we don't care what religion you practice or don't practice, um, nor do we particularly care uh, you know, if you drive a, a bright, shiny new car or have a big bank account, you know, um, I'm not even terribly interested, you know, with how many days of back-to-back 
sort of tense, fearful dieting someone has. Because frankly, I, I remember what those days of willful dieting felt like. And, and I don't even want one more minute of that deal, let alone a, you know, a bunch of days of that. It, it's like, uh, you know, like the ter- earning brownie points, you know, eventually I earn enough brownie points, it leads to the brownie. So, so banishment of my, my eating was but a beginning. And uh, I know, you know, for me that um, when I used to ask some of the older recovered compulsive overeaters from years ago, what, you know, what perhaps was the greatest most compelling, you know, evidence of their recovery. You know, I would look for these things and, you know, is it, is it purely the elimination of the need for their binge foods? Um, or is it the demonstration of the, those principles in their respective homes, occupations, and affairs? And, you know, I know it's kind of a loaded question, but I'm willing to bet that, that most truly recovered compulsive overeaters would choose the latter. I know why I would, because eventually I truly became aware that, you know, that when I was stuffing my face, that was merely a symptom among the myriad of, of other symptoms uh, of my spiritual bankruptcy. You know, it, it's a hell of a thing to be, pro, to be a prosperous dieter, but, sti- but still, you know, kind of spiritually bankrupt. That's, I remember what that felt like. Um, I don't want to be spiritually bankrupt anymore. Um, I, I want to be, you know, full of, of, of this spirit, whatever this is, which I couldn't define, really. I don't, you know, I, I couldn't define it. It's not about science. I just know that, um, the, you know, a change occurs. And so the elimination of the binge foods, yeah, that, that, that is one. Indeed, that's one outcome. But a much more greater demonstration of what this, this program has, has, has provided uh, is that grace so that I can, in my home and among, among my fellows, that I can lead a different life today. I'm a different guy today, one day at a time. Thank you, God, for that. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Vasa O, you're up, and then it'll be Janice M. Thank you, Monica, for your service, uh, and good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year to every one of you. And I am Vasa, Grateful Recover Compulsive Ovita, calling from Florida. I loved hearing the solution after struggling with the food addiction for many, many, many years. And finally, I found hope, you know. And, uh, yes, abstinence was the beginning, and I, I thought, you know, I mean, it was the, big, the beginning, but it was the hardest because putting the, my allergy food down was like a torture, you know. But I remember hearing, like, if I didn't put it down, it was going to kill me because it was a drug. And I remember being afraid, you know. So I'm so grateful that I'm not saying it was easy, you know. You know, I did it one day at a time, one meal at a time. It was just, it was hard. But once I put down the food and I started getting the clarity, and I remember hearing my sponsor saying, you know, I want you to put the food down, then you have the clarity, then you can work the steps the way they laid out. So my focus at the beginning was about the food, about the food. Yes, I would go to meetings. I'd hear the steps, you know. I'd hear people share. But at the beginning, I was mostly focused, like, just to be abstinent. And that was the beginning, but I thought that was everything, you know. And uh, I kept on hearing, uh, you know, um, after that I needed to get into the steps, 
one step at a time, the way they laid out, to the best of my ability. If I did not do that, I go back into the food. But it talks about the, uh, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. And, yeah, I thought I was a good wife, and I thought I was a good mother. And, well, I was not a grandmother then. I was too young. But anyways, I feel like I'm a better, I'm a better wife and better mother. And I have patience, understanding, love that I never imagined I would. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Janice M., you're up, and then it'll be Kim G. And thank you, Melanie. Happy New Year. Uh, My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Now, I'm just going to go back to the previous paragraph because what they're doing in the last paragraph on page 18 is describing to us, whether you're new or you're old, what to look for in a sponsor, a guide to the 12 steps. The sponsor doesn't guide us to abstinence, okay? We, 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 We need to be abstinent because we can't be drunk because the sole purpose of this program I know, you know, the sole purpose for me today in the whole program is to have a spiritual awakening through the steps, and I need a guide to do that. See, in the past, I focused like everybody else on, came to OA, didn't, not to get the steps. I saw them up, you know, hung up, but, you know, my purpose, the sole purpose for me was to come here and lose weight. Okay, so the guide, it says none of us. That means none of us, none, zero, do this for a soul, our soul work. You know, this is our work. This is our work. And you hear about, you know, being recovered. What does that mean, being recovered? Then it says all of us spend much of our spare time doing this. Doing what? Taking somebody through these 12 steps. Why? Why do we do that? Why did I do that? Well, I did it because of being to be recovered, which would mean a personality change to overcome my compulsive overeating. Well, how can the steps do that? Well, I have an allergy of the body, and I have an obsession of the mind. I could stop food many a time with, you know, oh, this diet, that diet, this pill. My husband's a doctor. He could give me any pill I wanted. But when I wanted to eat more than I wanted not to eat, I wouldn't take the pill. So the obsession in my mind was the crux of the problem. Now, how do I get rid of that? I can't do that. I can't do that. I tried. Oh, I'll do this. I'll think of something else, uh, whatever. But a higher power had to do that for me. So my new job today, it's on page 103, I believe. My new job today is to be of a sole purpose is to carry this message of recovery to another suffering compulsive overeater. I have a new employer. Yes. You know, I can't do steps one and then 12. It's not one-twelfth of the program. It's 12 steps, not one-twelfth. So I can't be abstinent and try to help somebody else because I haven't gone through all the steps. And um, so now I have a, a new job. Thank you, God. That's my sole purpose is to carry this message that, guess what, I don't have the obsession anymore. Therefore, I don't have to pick up my binge foods. And with that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Janice M. Kim G., you're up. Good morning and Happy New Year, Monica, and good morning all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I think I should just for three minutes say that one line. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. We feel elimination of drinking is but a beginning. That's so essential. You know, I think back, I'm coming up on my fifth-year anniversary of, of being recovered, but also my fifth-year anniversary of breaking my ankle. And when I broke my ankle, there were two injuries. One is I, I snapped the outer bone in my, in my shin in half, and the, but the larger aspect of my disease was I ripped every tendon and muscle in my ankle. And I was told that although the larger aspect of my disease was all those muscles and all those tendons, and it was going to take me a year to get better if I wanted to walk again, First and foremost, I had to address the fact that my bone was broken. I had to have surgery and have screws and and plates put in my ankle. I did not have the option to say, that's too scary, which it was. I've never had surgery. I've never been in the hospital before in my life. I want to do the physical therapy first. No, I had to address the broken bone first in order to have the stability to address the larger aspect of my injury, which was the muscles and tendons. It is the same with our disease. First, we have to address the allergy so we have the clarity to address the larger aspect of our disease, which is the mental obsession. And if my powerlessness is really, it's really when I'm abstinent, why do I make that insane decision to pick up? If my powerlessness was only in the food, then you could lock me in a room until all those foods are out of my body and I could make the same decision not to eat again. And unfortunately, there are meetings um, and really, um, this is my pet peeve, when there's big book meetings that teach us that you can work the steps in order to get abstinent. I had one girl call me recently that told me that she was told she has to sponsor in order to get abstinent. So I just want to check, ask you, check your own experience. Have you tried to work the steps when you're in the food? Has that worked for you? Those meetings that are telling you that or people who are telling you that, is, are they being able to stay abstinent? by working the steps drunk? Are they able to stay absent and happy? That's the key. So I just want to confront two of the most common um, reasons I hear that. Number one, and those most meetings do not study the doctor's opinion who believe that, but even those that do say it says more often than not it is imperative that we put the food down. So more often than not means you can work it in, in the food. So if you go to the doctor and you're diagnosed with cancer and it says 95% of the time this is the treatment, you will get well. But 5% of the time this, you can try that. Are you going to be taking the one that's 95% or 5%? I'm going to take the one that's 95%. You need to have the food down. And the last is they say we're like Gamblers Anonymous. We're not like Alcoholics Anonymous. It is a behavior only, which is not what the big book tells me, number one, but number two do you think Gamblers Anonymous would say, you know what, go into a casino and just pay the slots, don't use the other games, and you will be able to recover? Absolutely not. You have to abstain 100% to be available to work the larger aspect of the disease. And I'll end with this. The truth Time. shall set you free. I'm sorry. The truth shall set you free, but first it will piss you off. The elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, and how free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? That was him. Barbara Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. Uh, from Boston. Katie G. Lois. Did I hear Barbara? Barbara B. Barbara. 
Anybody else? Okay. We'll go with that to begin with. Lois. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois M. from Massachusetts, Grateful Recovered today. Um, I wanted to, um, I guess what caught my my mind was the, the word eliminate. And um, and for me, you know, I, I tried so for years to eliminate, you know, compulsive overeating and to eliminate many things in my life. But, you know, I came to believe that, I mean, I, I had no power for many years to do any of that, you know. And, and once I uh, was ready to be willing to go to any lengths, and this disease brought me to my knees, literally, begging for help, willing to go to any lengths, you know, I began to believe and feel and notice a shift in my thinking, which is the greatest part of my disease. And, and it was the beginning of just learning what the problem was and what the solution was. And, and for me, you know, that was the beginning. And I, I want to say, too, I had a lot of beginnings again after that. So, um, you know, if you're new and you're coming back, just persevere. Don't give up. You know, just keep trudging the road uh, with the rest of us, and and this, too, will happen for you. And it did happen for me. And I just want to share very quickly a a, um, brief story about, you know, a little family miracle of recovery that happened this past holiday. You know, we had a very um, important family decision to make, and being, you know, in recovery, first of all, not, first of all, being a compulsive overeater, I totally disagreed with this, and I felt very uh, challenged and angry, and the first thing I did was just say, let's talk about it later. Then I called my sponsor, made a 10-step call, and uh, was able to see another side of that, calm down, and was able to just be one of the family members and not demand that I say it my own way. And and this, this is such a wonderful gift, the gift of recovery, the gift of um, being being shown, you know, that, you know, you're, you're, you can, you too can, can have this life and we do create our own problems. And, and I was able to, to the, you know, to the best of my ability today with help to, you know, manage to just be one of my family and, and go along with this important decision. So with that, I'm very grateful and I want to pass and wish everybody a wonderful abstinent 2016. Thank you. Thank you, Lois M. Katie G., you're up, and then it'll be Barbara B. Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Awesome. Sorry, let me get my timer going. Hi, guys. Katie G., uh, multiple reader in our building mic, and I just wanted to focus in on a much more important demonstration of our principles. And what is a principle, you guys? Like, it's a code of conduct, right? So, essentially, it's the steps. And... I think for a long time, I didn't really understand, like, I heard people talking about, like, living according to a code of conduct, and I thought that was great, right? Like, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not, you know, have an affair, you know, and, like, all that made sense to me, you know, unless you were getting in my way, and I was feeling like uh, your boyfriend was cuter than mine, and my needs weren't being met. So, like, I kind of knew, like, okay, but I guess what I'm saying is I didn't understand how that connected to my eating, right? And so I've been in the room for 11 years. Thank God I've been sober that long. I was abstinent for eight years, um, and I did the steps. I picked up the food um, four times as the result of not practicing principles. And, um, you know, for me, what happens is, you guys, is that um, I get abstinent, I get clean, I work the steps, and um, when I am gossiping, when I am lying, when I am 
stealing from work, maybe not stealing from the cash register, but leaving work and being paid when I am being rude to my boyfriend, when I am rude to a friend. All of these things, they're like a wrench, right? And this wrench gets tighter and tighter and tighter, and it's in my belly, right? And it's tighter and tighter and tighter. And then I start getting mad because I'm mad. And ultimately, it cuts me off from God which I have, have, I've had, I have a relationship with God because I've done the steps, right? And eating suddenly is a step up from how I feel. And I didn't get that. Like, I didn't get that this program is not about, okay, KDG, come in and be this beautiful woman because, you know what, well, you're so close to Mother Teresa and we really, because, like, frankly, I'm not that motivated to be a really good person. What I am motivated is to get freedom, is to get freedom from the bondage of my thinking and these principles of tolerance, patience, kindliness, and love that dominate my life today. Like, how can I be of service? Not how many gifts are going to be for KDG under the tree, not how is my boss going to give me enough hours at work, not how is my friend going to meet all my needs, but let me, but death of self, right, like helping others. So if you're just coming in, you know, we need to get abstinent. I am somebody who knows I can't, I can't be a little abstinent. I don't understand the word slip. I'm either abstinent or I'm not. It's like being pregnant, black and white for me, and then I do the steps, and I do the steps because my butt's on fire. Because if I don't clean up my life each and every day, no matter what, by working the steps, 10, 11, and 12, and of course active um, step work, I will eat again because it will be a step up. And thank you, God. Happy New Year. And I'm doing it with you guys today, just today. Thank you, Katie G. Barbara B., you're up. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Um, I love the phrase from the AA literature in relating to elimination of our drinking is but a beginning when it refers to sobriety as a launching pad. And that's how I look upon you know, the elimination of um, compulsive overeating, it is the launching pad. I can never get off the ground without it. I can't move through the steps without it. That's my launching pad. That's essential. But the second part of step one is what speaks to me. You know, I admit that I'm powerless, but that my life is unmanageable. So I need this, quote, design for living that's promised in the 12-step way of life, the 12-step experience that is given here in the, in the big book, what the directions mean to me, is that deal with the being powerless over food, but deal with the unmanageable life. I've got to admit it, um, and then I've got to see the 12 steps as a solution for it. I thought for a while that I could, like, exist in a, in a protective bubble uh, and that would stop the going to food to try to live. But that doesn't work because I am in that bubble, and I could step over the bodies of my spouse and my children and whatever to get to a meeting or to do it. But the movement and the transformation occurs when I see that it's really a call to apply the principles to all my affairs. That's what it says. I will practice these principles in all my... And, I mean, that continues for a lifetime. Uh, I'm not going to be perfect at it today, even though it's a new year or tomorrow, because I've had a day to do it. But it's continuing for a lifetime, as it says, um, and and looking for the balance and praying for the balance and working for the balance. Uh, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. And we're now going to move on 
and Terry H. Can you read for us, please, the next two paragraphs? Yes, good uh, morning. Good morning, vision for you. Happy New Year. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. If we keep on this way, we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present this which has been so freely given us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program of anyone concerning with a drinking problem. And um, these two paragraphs are packed full. Um, So I just want to start out with, I want to focus in on the first line. It says, if we keep on this way we're going, there's little doubt that much much good will result. So I look at this as a warning. Because when I, it took me a long, long time to get here, and um, I never heard the message. I never heard the message. It was always about the food and the weight. And, you know, I, for me, there was too much time spent on, you know, talk about abstinence instead of recovery. And uh, it says, but the surface, surface of the problem would highly be scratched. So that's the first time they talk about, you know, that word problem. And then the second paragraph, they're going to talk about, you know, the problem again. We've concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. And, um, you know, this is the great news for this, for this book because they're actually, you know, it talks about in the forward to the first, uh, forward to the first edition, you know, it says, um, we have Alcoholics Anonymous and more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. So they are not going to tell me how to recover, but they're going to show me how to recover. And, um, you know, this is the great news that they saw back then that this, this was working. You know, the word of mouth got out and... Um, you know, they had, you know, again, they had three ideas. That, you know, the ideas was, you know, to open some some hospitals and carry the message or to hire some, you know, um, to hire some people, to, you know, as, as missionaries. And, you know, the third idea was to write this book. And um, I'm so grateful today that, um, you know, that, you know, I, I know what my solution is. And, um you know, it's it's really about, you know, we, we talk about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. That is my problem. But if, you know, if that's, if I if I just heard about the food and the weight, then I wouldn't know there was a solution. And um, I'm so grateful that I know what my, my problem is and I also know what the solution is. And um, I get to carry that message today because I have a responsibility. And, you know, one of my favorite lines on page um, 132 um in the third paragraph, you know, it's, it's a promise that I love, and it, it just says, we have recovered and have been given the power to help, to help others. And um, today it's my responsibility to go back into that dark cave where I once came out from and to pick up the land for someone else and to show them the way out um, and that there is a solution here today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry. Terry H. And who would like to comment on either of these two paragraphs here that were read. Chrissy M. Chrissy. Chrissy M. Anybody else? All right, Chrissy, let's start with you. Go ahead. 
Hi, I'm Chrissy M., recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And um, reading reading this this morning, I mean, just the the message of recovery being and spreading the message to other people is, for me, the it's the antidote to the whole to the whole spiritual dilemma. It was so filled with with self and resentment that I I had to eat, and the opposite of that is to be loving and and giving, which is what this program teaches me to be. And it's it's amazing how my my whole my whole thinking about life changes out of that one need to carry the message to keep myself sober, which is self interest. It's it's a self motivated because I'm I'm looking to be free from a compulsion. But something happens along the way where it stops it stops being if if we work this program as I as I've worked this program I've found that something switched in me and it it no longer my purpose was no longer to spread the message so that I could stay sober but that I could spread the kind of peace that that I knew that if if I if I'm happy if I'm feeling good and I'm happy I'm just I could be just as happy as I can be with with just myself or to multiply my peace and serenity and joy by spreading it and it's a way different way of thinking I used to think that there was just so much peace and happiness to go around and if I if I gave you some of mine, oh boy, then you know I'd be giving you a piece of the pie that would be taken from me. What a different way to live! I'm so grateful for this program, and with that, I'll pass. Happy New Year. Thank you, Chrissy M. Who else would like to comment on these paragraphs? Jody. 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 Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Okay, Jody, go ahead. All right. Good morning. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you so much for your service. This is Jody E., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic in California. So these are two wonderful paragraphs. Um, I especially like the first one, just the part about a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I think I feel that way because for years in OA, I failed to do that, especially in my home. I um, I failed to be completely tolerant, patient, loving, and kind. And today I see that, and um, I'm much more tolerant today of other people and their ideas and their beliefs. In the past, I wanted everyone to be a 12-stepper. And if you weren't a 12-stepper, I didn't really have a lot of respect for you. But today, I don't feel that way. The 12 steps is a fantastic path. And it's the path for me. And I get to share this message with others, which is a joy in my life. 
many can recover if they have the opportunity I have enjoyed. So I try to share that with others. But if it's not everyone's path, and I need to be tolerant of those who are not on this path and appreciate and respect them for who they are and, and the way that they go and the way they find to uh, live in this world. So, um, yes, a much more important demonstration of my principles of the 12 steps lies before me in my respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I get to take this way of life and apply it to all my affairs, which enables me to have a life. Before I found these principles, I was in the food and isolating and shrinking from life. Today I get to have a life and share these principles to the best of my ability and be an attraction rather than a promotion of these 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Jody E. And who else would like to comment? on any of these three paragraphs here on page 19 that we have read this morning. Uh, This is Gail P. in Tucson. Gail T. Anybody else? Say say that again, please. Uh, Not T. P as in Paul. Okay. Thank you. My ears don't work so great. (laughs) All right, Gail, go ahead. Gail P. Uh, Okay. Um, Good morning, everybody. It's it's wonderful to be on the line again, and Happy New Year to everybody. And I would like to say I am really being struck. I've been in 12-step recovery programs since 1982. Thank God I've been sober from alcohol all that time and have been struggling with food and um, all that time also and uh, am so grateful to going through this big book the way we go through it here in A Vision for You. And one of the problems I've had has been how to carry the message. And what I'm really beginning to understand is, even though I've been in the program, I've been in the rooms for over 30 years, I don't think I ever really got the message that um, you have to get it yourself before you can give it to somebody else. And the fact that I've been in the food all these years has really blocked me from hearing the message, even in my AA meetings. And for me now, what I'm really learning is the absolute necessity to put the food down first. And then I heard somebody comment earlier today about how our bankruptcy is. Our bankruptcy is the spiritual bankruptcy that food um, does to us and um it's it's what I the sole purpose is to carry the message, but I don't have a message to carry yet because I my abs my abstinence and working the steps as an abstinent woman has not taken place yet. So I am so grateful for this eye opener that I'm getting this morning, and I thank you all very much for your clarity and your persistence in giving the message as it's written in the book. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gail P. And who else would like to comment? Suzanne K. Suzanne. Anybody else? Okay, Suzanne, 
you're up. Thank you. Um, good morning, and thank you for your service. January 1st, 2016. How nice. Just another day in my book, even though it is New Year's Day. Um, however, yeah, um, I'm reading along with everybody. I'm thinking about none of us makes a sole vacation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. And this reminds me of if I could only, if somebody could just lock me up and I could just concentrate on program and the 12 steps and concentrate on my food and my abstinence, everything would be fine. And and that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> and I, I have thought my thought process changed for a long time. It's this program needs to be a part of my life. I have to put recovery in place, but life does go on. And um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to have all that time devoted just to this? But it's not reality. The reality is life is going on, and we have to go to work and have families and do all, all these things. So we fit program into this world that we live in called life because life is happening every day um, for us. And I was reading on online, um, people are saying, you know, the Happy New Year and the resolutions and, you know, I'm going on a diet. And I'm like, thank you, God, today. I don't wake up and think I'm going to do this starting today. It's something that I just continuously have the willingness to try to keep doing. And my mind is not obsessed with dieting. It's not obsessed with it's January 1st and I have to get back on program. Uh, I'm just grateful I don't have to like be obsessed with that thought process. Um, so it feels good today just to, to be listening and being on the line with everyone. And um, everybody have a beautiful day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Susan Kay. Uh, we got a minute. Would anybody like to uh, speak up quickly? Jane C. JC, go ahead. Hi, this is James from Ohio, uh, recovered compulsive overeater, former um, bulimic as well. Um, just want to uh, talk about. Um, just just want to thank everybody for their participation on the call, and um, just just really appreciate this this knowledge, this this wisdom that's being shared among the group collectively. I I just so value this what's what's being shared. These are refreshing calls and refreshing um, opportunities for me. Um, <clears throat> the, um, the, the focus I like to look, in and, and look at on, on the read this morning was um, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our, pers- in, our, in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. And I just want to think about, I, you know, I, I too have I've done the dieting, I've done the, I've done the progression, I've run the you know, I've done you know 60, 70 miles a week, whatever it took to to, lo- to lose weight in terms of running. But you know, in all of that being said, you know, I've had people, you know, in the workplace, at home, or particularly at the workplace, it would tell me, you know, hey, you look great. Looks like you lost a lot of weight. Um, you know, and uh, whether it was a you know, whether I was juicing or or fasting or whether I was dieting or just you know over exercising, regardless, it was all compulsive, and. And, you know, the, the wiser people would always tell me, you know, the statistics tell you, you know, within a year you'll have that weight back on. I used to hate that. And I used to try to prove them wrong, but I never I never was great at it. And sure enough, here, here it comes on and here it comes back with a vengeance. So I think we've all experienced that. But 
one thing that I, I like about this this sentence or this 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 part of the read is that um, it 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 gets us where we live in our respective homes, our occupation, and our affairs. It addresses the chameleon effect. I call it the inconsistency or the duality, the two facedness that we have, where we live a life in public, but at home we live like something else, where we where we where we have our occupations and we're we're so involved in our job titles. Yeah, I've been a superintendent. I've been a warehouse manager. I, yeah, I, I've been an assistant pastor. I've been, I've been, uh, I, I've, I've carried several titles: great runner, um, accomplished runner. I'll, I'll bear that title and I'll, I'll carry it with pride. But, you know, I'm not my title, and none of us on this call are our job occupations or our titles. Um, the chameleon effect really just is more so is that you know there are watchers in our lives. The people that we work with, the people that we live with, and the people that we have our affairs with are watching us. And those people are our best critics and our best comforters and sometimes our best um, best advocates when, when the time comes around. But the reality of it is is that when we're consistent with this program in our all of our affairs, in our homes first, our relationships, all of them, our family relationships, Whoever you're married to, if you're not married, um, that 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 you're 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 assigned to for the for time, for the period of time, and our occupations. All those people are watching us, and the reality of it is, is we have an opportunity of delivering the message from the home to the workplace and occupation and our affairs. And I'm I'm strongly and deeply encouraged in this. And um, again, this is James C. from Ohio, and I, with that, I pass. Thank you, James C. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We have come to the end of our time here this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Kathleen W., will you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? This is Kathleen W., recovered in Phoenix, Arizona. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.